Hello, dreamers. If you haven't yet, go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at livingthedream506. But most importantly, keep listening and let me know what you think. This episode of Living the Dream is brought to you by AMW Group. AMW has the right tools to help you build your music career one step at a time. Get your song to the audience it deserves with AMW's Spotify playlist promotion service and work with AMW's experts to get your music heard. Check out their services by visiting bit.ly slash livingthedream10 and get a special 10% discount to their music promotion services by using coupon code AMW10. My guest today is a hilarious comedian and actor, and we sat down to record this at the Kingsbury Amphitheater in St. Andrews immediately after his show with Ethan Ashe, Kyla Lingley, and James Mollinger. And that show was apparently the biggest outdoor comedy show in New Brunswick ever. Look it up. So without further ado, please give it up for the very funny Garrett Clark. I guess, I mean, the biggest outdoor comedy show in New Brunswick ever. I don't know how you prove that. But, um, <laughs> but I believe it, I guess. I guess he's got the numbers of Who how many people. stats. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I just wrote a bunch of shit down. I was talking to Bridget, and she just sent Oh, nice. Bridget. I love Bridget. How, do, how could you not? I know. <laughs> she's the fucking nicest person. And she does the art for your podcast, right? Yeah. I've seen some of her art separately, and she, I know she's very talented. Incredible. But, um, I didn't that expect that. Well, I to have an opportunity uh, to do something intentionally, like, like in comedy, like if you have, like you're doing just stand up just flippantly and all over the place, that's fine. But when you are like asked to do like a CBC show that has to be clean and these are the topics that we'd right. like to have, it's actually kind of a, a cool challenge uh, to uh, to sort of try to write for something. Yeah. And stuff ends up coming suppose, out. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, when you're limited, you find new avenues to. New creative yeah. outlets, uh, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, you, you need inspiration, you know? So what's, what's the theme of your podcast? What, is well, it's it, called um, Live in the Dream, so yeah. we just interview people that are doing something that they love. Oh, cool. Instead of like the nine-to-five grind. Perfect name, yeah. Perfect I mean, name for the podcast, perfect concept behind it. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's simple, it's just for fun, and I mean, it's it's taken me to some pretty crazy interviews with some musicians I look up to and comedians. Like, yeah. th- that's the two, I would say that's the two career paths that if I talk to a genie today and I could do whatever I wanted to be musician and comedian right like oh, so that's cool well are you doing any of it so I this is this is a podcast about you but uh, yeah forgive me <laughs> forgive me for taking control of the interview so I guess why comedy for you I it wasn't really a choice it was just what felt normal and I mean that I know it sounds like tacky but I mean honestly man I just I remember uh, I was probably four, no, I was probably seven years old. And I just remember the first time I made my parents laugh. We were laying in bed and uh, in the morning and uh, I said, oh yeah, my, my dad came into the bed and he said, move. 
and I started moving, like just moving, and <laughs> right. my parents howled. Right. Like, it, and it really, I just, I, I just remember so clearly the power that I felt, and the, uh, just the, the effect of it, and how diffusing it was. And I just, I just never forgot it. And it wasn't like it was a conscious thought after that, but like, okay, this is what I want to do. It just, I, I always remembered it, and it just, I was drawn to it for some inexplicable reason, and I just went after it, you know. Was there any pushback from your parents? Yeah, well, no, not my, my dad and my mum, no. There have been, like, gods and goddesses. Uh, but my stepdad, no pushback, but he's more of a negative thinker. It's just, it's how he shows love. Right. Like, and, and you know that, but um, but he just wants me to be safe and make money. You know? Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, no, that was, really that was great, it. buddy. Yeah, no, so are you. Like, I, I really, unreal. Yeah, though, honestly, from the yeah, second I no, walked on stage, fun. the second I walked on stage, it just everything felt right. Lot, lot Everyone was happy, and I just felt great about every second of that. Yeah, that was unreal. And that was the first time seeing Ethan Ash live. Yeah, I, I know. Can you believe his pipes? No. Like, yeah, I know, like, in just the control over his voice. And, and by you going on first and introducing me, that really helped as well. I mean, well, I don't hair, care. Right? I'm here so to MC. Like, but it just, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you, you know, like, this guy's a lot more handsome. Yeah. <laughs> But, but honestly, like by someone going on stage before you, even if it's just for a second, if literally you walked on and said, ladies and gentlemen, Garrett Clark. Well, that makes a difference in people's psyche. They think that suddenly I'm not just the guy working here. I'm a comic as well. Right. Well, that's just gonna say you weren't, you weren't, you were an MC, but you weren't really an MC. You didn't act. You know no, what I mean? for, for sure. But, but it's just, it, it, it just, it does something to people though. Yeah. If someone just goes on for a split second before, and, and, and you gave me a beautiful cool, interest. You know I mean? Thanks. So, yeah. But yeah. I really appreciate everything. Good seeing you too. Yeah. You too, man. Um, so yeah, no pushback. Um, in fact, I, like my mum, like adamantly, took me to the second city in Toronto and started me up with improv classes. She encouraged it, be like with the very little money she had. Uh, my my dad, uh, he. I remember one time I was filming. I was an extra in a music video, an extra, just some kids. What music video. It was Youngstown. It was a band that I didn't even know, but it was in Toronto. Okay. I don't even know the song's name. But the band was Youngstown, and uh, I remember uh, skateboarding just around in the background of this video. And my dad came all the way from Barrie, Ontario to Toronto and waited for me and we kept getting extended, extended. He ended up having to sleep in his car, driving me all the way back to Barrie. And then he went to bed for a split second and his wife, my stepmom, Terry, uh, said that he just, he laid down for a second. He said, no, I can't. And he just got back up and went back to Toronto and went to work. Like, so <laughs> my parents, like I couldn't be luckier with how supportive they've been. But like I said, stepdad, uh, he's uh, been pretty uh, critical and, uh, and harsh and, um, hurtful but honestly it's that's that's love to him because right. he wants me to be safe and uh to have income and not be a yeah you know, that's, street person that's probably the hardest part about following a dream and doing something that you yeah. love is that it's not typical and it's not normal to, especially to that generation right mm-hmm. so to have support is huge in your position big time and also, it's kind of good that you have the contrast to see both sides. Somebody not giving you the support, mm-hmm. but also that way you're not blind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know that there is risks, but like you seem to be doing quite well so far. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I honestly can't explain. It's like when you ask me what, why I did it and what the reason. I, 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 it's honestly, I can't tell you. This is planted in me and I don't really have an option. I and mean, I'm happy doing it. It's great. And my God, man, I'm broken out than I've ever been. I'll come out of it. I don't care about that. Money's not real. But, exactly. Um, and I believe I'm doing well, and I believe things will happen if I keep being nice and positive. But 
but yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those things that I just yeah. I mean, even with if I had all the pushback in the world, I don't know if I would not. I don't know if I would be able to not do this. Yeah, because it's just so like it's just it's in is. me. It's it's yeah. It's it's and that's it too. It's it's not all that there is. I love a lot of things. Like and I can see myself having this life and this comfortable life. But every time I kind of get a glimpse of it or put myself back in school or anything like that, I'm like. I see what my life is, and I don't like that. I yeah. see what it's going to be, and this is so a mystery to me that I just—it's so exciting. Yeah, you know? I know. Where do you like? What's the what's the end goal? Like, do you yeah. do you look at certain someone, comedians or? Yeah, yeah, of course. Someone else asked me that. Um, I, I don't really have one. I uh, I want to always be doing stand up. Um, that's I will, and I will never stop doing that. But I mean, I, I, I want to be an actor and I want to be in movies and on television um, as a comedic actor, right. you know? And uh, it's, so that's what I'm shooting towards and I'm trying to build that you know, resume. But, uh, but stand-up always, I'd like to have big, um, well-known comedy specials that are hilarious. Right. I want to make people piss in their pants laughing. And I want to make cameos in movies and I want to, I want to be Gary Clark. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that... That is the dream, to, to be yourself doing what you want to do. I know, isn't it such a bloody narcissistic thing, though? It's Not like, at all. Well, I mean, like, I want to be me and be recognized but and like, paid for it and have adoration. Like, what but, a weird... But isn't happiness at its core narcissistic? Like, well, yeah, I don't think that there's anything that's not narcissistic right. at the end of it. Exactly. And even if you're serving all the, and building all these houses in Nicaragua and all this stuff, it's, it's like... It's like It's like, oh, well, you're just doing it so you feel better about you. Right. I, I, and everything so I know it's, it's a there's weird no selfless act right? I, there's no selfless good deed yeah it's, what it's, I mean. it's a very uh, it's a weird it's a weird existence that we're living but uh, hey man if we, I guess if, if we didn't have that maybe we wouldn't have the fuel to do good things at all yeah so you've been when was the first time you went on stage I was 17 it was downtown Toronto at Yuck Yucks right amateur night and I went for about 11 months every week for the amateur night to go and watch and I would psych myself out and I would look at the other comics and be like, I can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Is that too loud? It might be. I'm yeah. going to do this. Yeah. Sorry, audience, if you're hearing <laughs> obnoxious. By the way, there's only two people here left. This music does not need to be on. <laughs> this is for us. Yeah. We should have said something. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Knock it off! Yeah. So you're at the Yuck Yucks open mic. Yeah. What was the response? It went well. Yeah? It went well, and I think that's not necessarily a good thing for your first time doing it. Right. You get cocky. Yeah. And then you expect every show to go well and be like, oh, well, I'm just good at this. Too soon. Right. And I'm talking about stuff that other people had spoken about, other comics. I'm not doing anything original, but I'm getting laughs because I'm doing hacky shit. Right. Can I say that on your podcast? You can say whatever okay. you want. Okay. I prefer um, it. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and it went well, and uh, yeah, and I know I know the host Jack Norman. He uh, he he came off stage, or he was coming back on to, after I'd finished my set, and he shook my hand and he said, "Good job, buddy." <laughs> and it was just, and he's a notorious dick. Like he hated everyone. He like made people leave the club crying. He was an asshole. But he liked, he took a liking to me, and maybe it's because he saw me come down every week for eleven months prior. I don't know, but I just I, I had a good first couple experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, Second City, what was that experience like? I was really just, it was more training. Like, I, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to be in comedy. I knew who I loved in comedy, Mike yeah. Myers, Jim Carrey, these guys. And uh, I saw, I just looked at their careers and what they had done to do, to be involved in what 
they were doing that I thought was just so magical. And so I went and my mum took me, put me into classes. So I went and did improv training. Yeah. You know, like the other you know, like five seasons and like you go through all these levels and and you end up, you know, getting to do shows on main stage. I don't think personally I was very good at improv and I didn't like it really. In fact, I did stand up around the same time and I realized that when I was doing stand up, the, the entire act was about, well, it was reliant on me. Right. It's failures and it's successes. And you got immediate um, reinforcement. Right. With improv, you had to be a team player, and I don't know if I was all that good at that. And I ended up doing uh, Tony and Tina's Wedding, which is one of the Second City's, uh, uh, not main stage performances, but it was an interactive dinner theater. They do it in, in Chicago at Second City there and in L.A. as well. And it was like one of those dinner theaters you go to, and it's like an Italian wedding, and there's actors around you, and I was one of the actors. And I did that for a little bit, and that was as far as that whole thing with Second City so far, and and uh, has gone. But um, now, right now, stand-up, and, yeah. and for the last, well, 15 years, 16 years, yeah. So how old were you at Second City? I started when I was 15. Oh, doing, really? doing classes there. Yeah, and I was 17 when I did my first stand-up set. So. Oh, wow. So when you were in Groundlings as well. I that... did, yeah. I did the Groundlings uh, in L.A. I lived in L.A. for about seven months, uh, two years ago. Okay. And I did the Groundlings one level because my visa was not you know, strong enough to be able to keep me there to have an income and do other stuff right. but I did that and it was really really cool that was that was fun and I'd like to continue I just got my green card two weeks ago so I'm hoping to go back and uh, and carry on with that uh, back to LA training. yeah back to LA yeah. so improv again get improv on stage again stand much. up for sure but the things that I have lined up so far is really more acting and um and yeah, agent stuff. So stand-up agents in America, and which are way different than here, and managers. I, I want to start touring America and really building a name for myself and getting stand-up, 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 stand-up. I want to get real strong at this. Right. And also audition and act and all that. Maybe just take independent acting classes. Yeah. So you're also flight school? Is yep. that, is yeah. that correct? How do you know this? <laughs> I don't, I'm like Do you have Nard, a little birdie? I'm like Nardwar. Yeah, who's Nardwar? <laughs> have you ever seen the Nardwar? He's like he interviews famous people and he just tells them things about their childhood that <laughs> he has no idea. They have no idea how he would get that information. No, I, I feel like I need to know who this Nardwar <laughs> is. It, though. You should check it out on YouTube. Yeah. It's pretty funny. But, um, uh, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Um, so I, I was in flight. I did. I got my private pilot's license five years ago. Great. My, that's my other love. That's what I was right. saying at the beginning when. So I do have other things, other, yeah. Other yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, so I did that and I finished it, which was great. And then I, I just wanted to focus on stand-up for a little while. Oh, that's better, isn't it? Um, we lost and, the ambience. Yeah, because so, my dad said something to me, my stepdad, rather, uh, the one that you know has always been sort of um, critical, critically, uh, criti uh, crit what? You know what Nailing I'm trying to it. say? Critically critical. Right. Wait, that's right. Cr cr constructively critical. There we go. <laughs> Was it constructively? We're post show here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I've had a couple drinks and champagne as well. So, um, so he said to me, Don't, "You're spreading yourself too thin." I tried to do everything at once for a long time, and so that made me want to uh, do flight school, focus on that, finish my license, right? And then once I got it, go back to stand up and focus that for five years and see where I got myself. And that has now recently passed that five years. And uh, so I'm back in uh, uh, flight school. One would argue I'm still spreading myself too thin, though. Right. But, um, but yeah, I want, to, I want to be a pilot. It's a great job. I was a flight attendant for six years with WestJet. And uh, I, want, uh, I loved the lifestyle. It was completely conducive to a career as a comic and an actor. You can work at your own pace and when you're ready. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what Have I'm doing. Day. See you guys. See you. Have a good night. <laughs> you too. Thank you.
so yeah th- is that more of like a it's not not really a backup plan just another um, passion you know I, I i would i would call it a backup plan. Yeah. i mean i love it i do love it but i gotta be honest like i mean the the it, it's i mean even though i've always kind of done reasonably well and i don't even care about that like i mean i'm just happy doing that what i'm doing with comedy but it it is scary yeah, it, it it is like I mean, especially when you have other things that you can do and love to do, because right. you know as you get a little bit older, it's kind of just like shit, man. Like I, I could still be a comic and be a pilot and have benefits and have a paycheck and so and and also I do love to do it. So I just I just don't want to I don't want to hurt myself just because I'm too proud to be going to school and doing something else. You know, you'd be like, no, I said I was going to do this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that to be a thing So I'm just doing other things that I like Because you do have a lot of downtime as a comic Right Yeah Yes And like So as a pilot You could probably Set up shows where you're flying in Yeah I, I <laughs> thought about that when I was first starting As a flight attendant But that is No You can't do that Because flights change Here's a lot Here's my tour schedule There's delays Yeah that's right Oh I got my, my work schedule So this is my tour schedule But no you're, you're too So you'd only be like Sneaking in to do a guest spot Even that is too risky Because a club They can't have you bail They're yeah. expecting you right. And your name True. So and, and flights delay Flights divert Your schedule changes As a crew member Whether that's an, an FA A flight attendant Or a pilot And you could end up In Ottawa When you were supposed To be in Miami Right You know so. Yeah Well Another thing though is to definitely not give up on it. Not to say, like, why would you? Because you're opening for James Mollinger. Um, you're on the road with him. Like, from what I've seen, you're very funny. Thank you. And I'm not just saying that, like, as a stupid... I don't believe you are just saying that. I believe you genuinely believe I'm very funny. Absolutely. And you're right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so, like, I I mean, I listen to all the podcasts of everybody in LA all the Fitzdog Radio Fitzdog Radio that's my I favorite love Greg one Fitzsimmons. Greg is the man I, love Greg. I can listen I don't even want him to have guests sometimes I just like no, listening to him talk and I like it better his, his ideas and yeah he's fantastic Greg is one of my favorites for sure I'm thrilled to hear that he's one of the OGs yo and yeah so him I mean he's not even really that famous to be honest he's not and he's done Letterman like 15 times he's a writer on Crashing he's a fantastic stand-up comedian he's one of the best writers he's he's made his his name uh, as well no not even his name like people in the industry certainly know who he is especially in the states but I agree with you 100% this guy is not nearly as well known as he should be he's in my opinion the funniest for sure the funniest yeah I love him and it it's probably the look no offense Greg but, (laughs) but you know what I mean like he doesn't have that well, he says that himself. He said he did that Propecia ad or whatever it was right. when he was younger when his hairline was... Start- and that's when he realized his hairline was receding when he got asked to do a Propecia ad. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but maybe. But, I mean, at the same time, I like to think that Hollywood's changing. But, so. but then... Uh, so my point is, there's guys like Tom Segura and Theo Vaughn and all those guys. Where if, when you listen to them talk, it's been 10 years of grinding it out before anything really happens you know what i mean 17 here man yeah so like 17 that's, that's why i'm getting out of canada but like all yeah canada's definitely not the i love it here it. of course don't get me wrong but it's just there's no industry no there's there, no industry there if isn't. i was doing and i've been a very passionate and adamant uh worker uh, and active uh, everywhere i'm grinding it up but i have not been legally allowed to work in the united states where everything is or in even any other country that at least has some sort of a star system or a platform for what we do canada does not and uh, I need to get out. I just, I wish I had uh, done that 10 years ago. I, I wish I was able to have done it 10 years ago because I've still got a lot of energy. And uh, but imagine then, you know, like friends that, of mine that have been doing stand-up for seven years have done Letterman twice. Seven. 
add another 10 to that and that's where I'm at. Right. Who's so. who's the who's one of the friends? Sean Donnelly. He's out of New York. He's a fantastic comedian. Uh, they always book him as the Irish comedian even though he's just a fucking redheaded guy from New York. <laughs> but that's how he gets books, especially right. in Newfoundland. Yeah. Him, uh, my friend um, uh, Phil Hanley. Um, I think he actually did uh, Fallon's show, The Tonight Show. So these are New York comics. Yeah, but Phil's from Vancouver. Okay. And, but he moved to he moved to New York. So yeah, both of them are, are New York. But uh, a couple of other of my friends uh, from uh, L.A. or that have moved to L.A., I should say, have done it. Like Roy Scoville. I mean, you probably know who he I is know at Roy, this point. Yeah, yeah he's, he's hilarious. But he, like, I knew him before. That All this fantastic stuff has been happening for him. Uh, he's an American actor. Who do I know? Um, Nathan McIntosh, but he's New York as well. Who do I know from L.A.? That's done, like, Conan... Uh, uh, Ivan Decker is a New York comic yep. uh, he's a great comic from Vancouver and he did Conan never even lived in the States he got it right from Canada which is rare mm-hmm. um, it really is though. DJ Demers as well did Conan and yep. he's in LA as well yeah so I I could talk talk shop about that all day because that's that's kind of my my favorite thing. Yeah. The podcast, yeah. the shows, everything like well, that. Well, you're right? a geek for this stuff. You, I are, you genuinely like it. So yeah. you like the, everything that goes along with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, so for a name like James Mollinger, how does it feel to share a stage with someone like that? Well, James was my friend before I knew who the hell he was. So I mean, oh, really? it's just kind of normal okay, cool. <laughs> for me. Um, and we've been doing a lot together. So, I mean, it's yeah. great. I mean, I certainly, I mean, I'm no, I'm no idiot, man. I see what he's doing. He's sold out uh, Harbor Station twice and I believe there's a third to come mm-hmm. and uh, just all the stuff he's done is absolutely unbelievable. it's like nothing I've ever seen so I learned it was the bizarre sort of um, progression and order of uh, events where you know someone and then you start piecing together who they are and what they're doing yeah. and you become humbled <laughs> right. after you kind of just know him as a real guy and that's the thing that I love about James too is because he's just a real guy you know he's just he's my buddy I love that man and he's helped me so much so yeah it feels amazing every time but because we're buddies there's no nervousness we're just fucking around you know we're just doing our thing and uh yeah has he ever given you any advice or any tips just from being from his point of view like I think I might be doing have done stand up longer than James so I might (laughs) I I, I, I think think for sure Uh, no I, I, I don't think so um no, I don't think he's ever given me any advice, no. No. Uh, I mean, I, well, I mean, it's not advice. You don't look at it that way. We talk shop. Yeah. We, we were yeah, just yeah. Uh, finished the show tonight. We were just talking about what happened where and what happened why and what happened when. And we're, just, we're talking shop. That, I think that that's what um, advice is when you're buddies. Yeah. You're just shooting the shit together and figuring it out together. Right. You know? Yeah. But that said, I have not even begun. I, I don't even... I'm not even in the realm of asking James how and where to book an arena and what to do to make a movie about yourself. That's not even on my bloody no, scope. Not. So when it comes to stand-up, like, we're kind of speaking the same language in that that we're just grinding it out. I mean, sure, he's doing way bigger things and, and he's just so unbelievably motivated and good at what he does. But yeah, I just uh, for advice, it would need to be something like film and arenas right which yeah. I, that's not even I guess, that's not coming soon I guess I just kind of used him as an example because we're here at that show but like what would be like a piece of advice you've received even even when you were young starting out that really maybe helped propel you a little bit um, or, well there's the sort of well known one write what you know 
Yeah. Because then you're not going to ever get accused of... Uh, if it's true stories about you and your life and what you know, you can't get accused of stealing any material if you're just trying to pull things out of thin air. That happens. Right. Your mind tricks you. You think you've thought of something original, but you're just remembering something. Absolutely. Um, don't... Uh, that's a very good question. I mean, the one that you hear a lot when comedians talk with comedians on podcasts is just get on stage as much as you can mm. right oh yeah you're good you know what you're talking about that that, that is I mean, probably it, the best one that i've ever they gotten. say it's the most obvious oh, and, but the uh, most difficult yeah well depending on where you are but um lachlan patterson one of my favorite comedians in the world he's from vancouver but has been in la for a long time now he's fantastic look up lachlan patterson and uh, he, i said man i remember being so young and uh, do you have any advice and he said, just be as funny as you can be, man. And everyone likes to overcomplicate shit, and especially if they've got an ego and want to intimidate you right. and make them look more powerful and intelligent. They're like, oh, well, this and that, and they try to make it seem scary. Lachlan, just with a shit-eating grin on his face, Sweet. he just said, just be as funny as you can be, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's really good advice. I mean, sometimes the simplest advice is the easiest. Right? Yeah, oh, my God, I like, know. Or the simplest is the best. Yeah. Like, just be as funny as you can be. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, perform, no matter the size of the crowd, perform like you're performing at MSG. Tonight or at MSG. an arena. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. At SG? What, what is that? MSG. Madison Square Garden. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I just saw a fucking, I just saw Axl Rose there. Oh, really? Fronting for ACDC. The best band in the what? world. Brian, did you hear about what happened? Well, Brian, on their last tour, the Rock or Bus tour... He had a hearing issue. Right. And he had to not finish the, the rocker bus tour. Right. So Axl Rose filled in for him. So I flew to New York City and saw Axl Rose sing for ACDC. Was it awesome? It was really good. So I mean, I was torn about because, I mean, I'm like, I'm a, a big ACDC fan, but I'm not one of those guys that's like, no, if Cliff steps down, the bass player, that's not ACDC. Malcolm dies. Listen, they've done it before. <laughs> Angus Young has never made a mistake. Right. Fucking Bon Scott died in 1979. Right. And then Brian Johnson, six weeks later, was signed to the band. And then they made Back in Black the highest-selling rock and roll album of all time. Right. The second-best album of all time after Thriller. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but what Angus says goes. Oh. Whatever he does, I'm <laughs> at my fucking hands and knees. Was it, was it true Axel style? Like, did he... Was it, it was, but he was so respectful. You know, yeah. Axel sang the songs. Because you know when a band tours and they're a successful band for a long time, they end up changing the versions of the song and making them more fun for them and just yeah. doing different versions of them, uh, you know, in singing and notes and stuff, because it's a long time. Right. Um, Axel did it... Like straight studio? To the core, like the album. Straight studio. Straight studio. That's awesome. That's right. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like... Every little bit. He didn't do the Brian Johnson, like, sort of, like, live versions, which are amazing. He was fucking every beat, every note, everything, like the fucking album. And he was a pro. It was epic. Did they play any Guns N' Roses? No, no, no. no. ACDC wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, not out of disrespect, but actually, I, I don't know if you saw the footage, but Guns N' Roses, when this was going on, were, you know, they were just recently, like, unheard of, got back together. Like, right. no one expected that. That's why it was called the Not In This Lifetime Tour, because they said <laughs> yeah. that was never going to happen. But, um, but Angus, a couple times in sort of, in, in, in pumping this up, 
he Angus Young came out with Guns N' Roses and played some ACDC songs with them in like I think Nuremberg and a couple places and he wasn't in his schoolboy outfit he was just in jeans and a shirt it's fucking Angus Young just straight up unfucking believable straight up Guns N' Roses stuff yeah yeah but playing ACDC songs yeah. and the rest of Guns is with them too and Slash is shitting his pants he's got pre-cum in his foreskin <laughs> or wait he's Jewish he doesn't have that so, <laughs> so just in his briefs just in his briefs yeah yeah a little snail trail just a puddle sorry I, I asked if I could swear at the beginning of this now I'm getting out of control no it's yeah. I, like I said I insist I think we nailed it okay thanks for having me man thank you very much for all right bro dude. yeah all right. cheers Live in the dream.